0: This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN
3: Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius X and Channel 80 and also your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. So the Los Angeles Chargers after that embarrassing performance last night. Losing the Las Vegas Raiders 63 to 21 after the Raiders did not score a point. Four days early in losing the Minnesota Vikings, they put up a 63 burger with an order of fries, a shake, and a biscuit afterwards on the Los Angeles Chargers, and that led to Brandon Staley being fired as head coach of the Chargers, although Brandon Staley must have an inkling last night after the game.
1: Brandon, do you expect to get a coach here tomorrow? I don't know that.
3: Let's bring in somebody who played for that organization as a three-time, three-time Pro Bowl sack master. He is Sean Merriman, a great follow on Twitter, Sean Merriman. Grateful to have him give us his time here on Freddie and Harry. Sean, you're connected with this organization. You know how this organization has been and what it can look like in the future. But let's stay in the present. What was your reaction when they made that move to Chargers to move on from Brandon Steeley?
0: Well, I don't think anyone was surprised, right? It was, uh, it was almost a matter of time. It wasn't if, it was when. Right. And I, I think that if you go back to see how the last last season ended with them, you know, getting kicked out of the playoffs with Jacksonville, a lot of people were calling for him then. Um and so I think that I think the Chargers stuck by him, man. They they believe they can come in and turn that thing around. Um, yeah, I was one of the first guys he reached out to when he got hired at that that night. We talked in the fall for about twenty five to thirty minutes and you know, I see why he was a good hire for anybody because he interviewed well. He said all the right things. He did all the, you know, he wanted to be data-driven, um, you know, very, I mean, it was times we were talking on the phone that I even felt like running through a wall, right? He said all the right things, but he just never executed. He never got over the hump or made the uh, necessary corrections to what they were doing. In fact, you know, t- towards the end of his tenure there, he started to go back into media for just doing their job and, That, to me, is when you lost my respect and a lot of people around the organization respect when that happened.
2: And I think, Sean, that's what really got me as well because you were the guy calling the defensive plays. Your defense wasn't good at all. When you look at top to bottom in the National Football League, you're at the bottom in just about every category. And when someone asked you about you possibly relieving yourself of those duties and someone else doing it, you went at the, the reporter about it. That really bothered me the wrong way because you look at a game last night when they give up 60-plus points and you, they got 42 put up, put up on them at halftime where you're still that defensive play caller. So is it okay for that reporter to still ask you that same question that you got upset about? But let me stop there before I get on my soapbox, Sean. I, you know, stuff like that rouses me up. What type of head coach moving forward do you think the Los Angeles Chargers need?
0: Well, you know, first and foremost, they got guys, in mean, if you look on paper, not even just on paper, but, you know, the player's body of work. Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Derwin James. I mean, Khalil Mack, Kendricks. They, I mean, they're loaded, right? They're loaded with talent. And so you have to bring somebody in that's capable of, of taking these guys to the next level right now. You don't have two, three years to build. You don't have, you know, time to time – you have to know what you're walking into. It's almost like Brandon Staley – um, was handed keys to a Ferrari and, and he only knew how to drive a 1990 Oldsmobile, right? Like, it, <laughs> he didn't know what to do with it. And and so the next coach to come in here has to be able to take what he has right now and expand and use everything to their strengths. And you know, it, it was it was heartbreaking, man. It was tough to watch this year. Watch that defense with uh, uh, Khalil Mack and Bolson and Derwin, all these guys, be in the bottom. Rather right? like you scratch your head, like, guys, what the hell's going on? How do you have this level of talent and you're getting beat this bad so that comes from the top and that was the only way for them to for one not to get the fans to turn on them right because i think they did a great job at getting a lot of those former uh fans they built, they rebuilt that fan base okay and the quickest way to lose it is is letting a guy like coach staley stay there brandon staley stay there and not making any adjustments and they did
3: Great stuff by Sean Merriman, former three-time Pro Bowl linebacker for the San, San Diego Chargers then, now the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, hit him on Twitter, Sean Merriman, joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We know the names are going to be thrown out there. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan. Bill Belichick of the Patriots. Eric B. offense coordinator, Washington Commanders, because this is an attractive job, Sean. Like you mentioned, all that talent that did not get a chance to be fully realized under Brandon Staley. If Sean Merriman is in charge of the Chargers, who does he want as a head coach and why?
0: I, I think this. Uh, I think that sometimes people get so fascinated on big names and thinking that because a coach won in the past they can just walk into a situation and start winning again. Right. I, I don't I just don't believe that. And Bill Belichick is will go down as one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time. I don't see that being a fit. I could be wrong. Um Jim Harbaugh is will come in. Uh, obviously, he's done tremendous things when he got into the league, especially at the quarterback position. You got Justin Herbert there. I know that he can operate that, and get the offense going. It's really going to be a push and pull factor about what he wants not only money wise, but what he wants control over coming in. So there's a couple of different things, man. There's, a, you know, I like Dan Quinn, man. Also, I like I like Dan Quinn a lot. Um, but the point is, in this in this day and age, you got to bring in somebody that, that's going to be putting up points because if you're not, if you can't put up points, you're not going to win in this league.
2: So i got to ask you, thoughts on Justin Herbert. What do you like about his game? What areas do you feel like he needs to improve moving forward?
0: Well, you know, for one, we all know about his arm, right? He has the biggest arm in the NFL as far as his capabilities. Um, what I would like Justin Herbert to do at this point, my my biggest thing with him is not really that much of a gripe. I would like him to take a little bit more control vocally. Um mm-hmm. Him uh, to be a part of the the process, the the, the decision making process going forward, and you know because he's kind of uh, he's laid back, he doesn't he's not a, he doesn't talk a whole lot, but you know he, he goes out and to you to gets the thing done, and um I, you know the the one time that I've seen him you know kind of back out of character is when the center didn't snap the ball and he came down the spike. And I don't know if you guys remember that, but he was pretty frustrated, mm-hmm. but I was like damn you know there, there goes that emotion right because he's a he's a hell of a player, he can play. Um, You know, make some great passes, but what I would like to see him doing is take that next step and really run and control the offense not only by his play, but also you know, vocally as well.
3: Great stuff by Sean Merriman, played for the Chargers as a three-time Pro Bowl outside linebacker, pass rusher. Hit him on Twitter, Sean Merriman. Joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. We're going to move away from the Chargers because you're well-versed in football. I follow you on Twitter, so I know how well-versed in football. I pay attention to a lot of things that you have to say, especially about the quarterback position. So you have to knock down quarterbacks for a living we got Dak Prescott on one side for the Cowboys, Josh Allen on the other side for the Buffalo Bills, Sean. They play each other this weekend at 425 on Sunday up in Buffalo. Which quarterback do you trust the most in this game and why?
0: It's, it's hard. This one's a hard one. Obviously, the Bills uh, is my former team, and I'll, I'll be Bills' mafia for life. Mm-hmm. Um, with, them, with the Bills, it's about which team show up, right? Uh, it's going to be the, the, the team that just won, that showed up and fought fought tough games. Uh, Josh Allen not turning the ball over, them having chemistry between digs and and, and being able to find the end zone and blank spots on the field, their front seven playing well. Or it's going to be the team that, you know, throw two or three interceptions, not show up, you're trying to scratch your head like what in the heck is going on. Um, I I, I think on the other side with with the Cowboys and Dak, Dak and the Cowboys are going to beat anybody that they should beat, right? They're going to beat the commanders. They're going to beat the Giants. They're going to swamp all over the the teams that they should beat. The problem is and always been a problem with with the Cowboys, especially Dak, is winning those big games when they matter. Right? That that would be my only like, I, I don't I don't believe that uh the Dak Prescott is an elite quarterback. I think he's an above average quarterback, but they got a really good team a really good supporting cast with them, so they're playing extremely well this year. But can he show up in the big games? And I'm not, you know, patting him on the back or clapping hands for Dak until he gets that team at NFC championship game and further. Other than that, I don't, you know, you don't really kind of get a, you know, the brownie points for me about his play during the season because he's going to light you up when he's supposed to. Is can he show up in those big games?
2: So this Cowboys football team that we see right now and how it's constructed, do you feel like it's different from previous years?
0: I do, I do, because I think that the the way they're playing right now and the momentum they're starting to show a bit of a domination. Right and dom- being able to dominate teams but on the on the on the flip side you know they go out and, and kind of lay an egg against um you know anybody with a a plus winning record or they struggle against really a really good team so you you can't put them up there elite in my opinion they, they are the best in in kind of that division and in the afc uh the NFC East, and all that yes they're, they're the best coming out of there but when you put them up against the uh you know the uh, the san francisco 49ers team who are the elite they don't look that good. They did look they did look great against Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, I did expect them to go there because I don't think Philly's the same team that they were. Uh Philly's the same team they were last year. But for for Dak Prescott, then talking about giving them a long term extension, a new contract, all these things, I, I just I would not pull that trigger. I would not move forward with giving Dak Prescott a new contract until he gets us deep in the playoffs.
3: Sean Merriman, former Chargers linebacker, also for the Buffalo Bills, played in the Pro Bowl three times. Hit him on Twitter, Sean Merriman. Joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Sean, we got a fan of yours. His name is Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. He works on our show. Samuel Pierce has a story for you about what you meant to him. Samuel, what you got?
0: Oh man. Oh, come on. <laughs> 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 oh man, that that's awesome, dude. I appreciate it. And then look, I, I can't do that blue mohawk like I did, but I got braids in my hair now. So, you know, so I appreciate that.
3: Oh, that's tremendous. Outstanding. By the way, not too many people can have that kind of influence on Samuel Pierce and then your football career is over. And you're not just part of Lights Out Extreme Fighting. You are the founder. And you got a big event coming up on January 6th in Long Beach, California, part of Long Beach Live. For those who don't know, let people know exactly why January 6th should be circled on their calendar regarding Lights Out Live.
0: We got a huge fight, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 13, uh, my promotion there. Um, January 6th, we'll be live in Long Beach. Get your tickets at LightsOutExcept.com. If you're if you're a SoCal, you want to come to this one, uh, if you can't make it, we'll be live on Fubo TV, Fubo Sports. If you don't have Fubo, make sure you get it. But this one's a big one. We got Abby Montez, Jackie Ketlin. Uh, both of these women this is our first. Main event, women's women's main event in the history of the company. Um, I cannot wait to see them two get at it. If you know anything about MMA, you find out who these two are, you know it's going to be a complete smoke show. So you guys, tune in Saturday, (laughs) January 6th. Lights Out Extreme Fighting 13 will be live on FUBO TV, FUBO Sports.
3: By the way, if you see a picture of Sean Merriman, still do not mess with this man. He looks like he can give you about 25, 30 snaps in the NFL and knock out the quarterback when it's all said and done. Hey, Sean, great stuff, my friend. Thank you so much. Good luck with everything with January 6th. Have a great holiday seeing your family as well.
0: You got it, man. Happy holidays,
3: you guys. Oh, outstanding stuff so by Sean Merriman, played in the National Football League, with a three-time Pro Bowl linebacker for then the San Diego Chargers. Hit him on Twitter, like I mentioned, at Sean Merriman. He was here on Freddie and Harry, knocking things out, presented by Progressive Insurance, saving you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance, so knock yourself out and visit Progressive.com.
0: Andy, with the
2: end of the game, what's still just a level of frustration? Yeah, we're not there. We're, we're moving on. That's where we're at. All the receivers know I believe in them. That's just kind of how I roll. If you're in this locker room and I see how hard you work, I'm going to trust in you in, the, in big moments, and I'm going to give you chances to go out there and make plays.
3: In the words of that song from the early 80s, is it too late, too late for the Chiefs to be fixed? He's Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together, on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio because many people are wondering, is it too late for the Chiefs, who are probably going to win their division? They're probably going to swamp the New England Patriots this weekend. But those wide receiver issues are not going to go away. Now, they tried to baby the position until Travis Kelsey on his New Heights podcast with his brother Jason of Philadelphia Eagles, he says, here's the problem with our wide receivers. It's the media's fault.
0: There's a lot of media pointing fingers at uh, some of the skill players that we have. I say that and excuse my language uh we usually cuss in light-hearted ways but i felt like you guys had to feel that whoever's talking s- on uh, on the the skill players in uh in our offense right now man it's um this is a group effort and when you turn the film on what's real is that we got guys that can play this game and we got guys that we can have success with and win with and win championships with i know it i've been on championship caliber teams
2: i respect travis kelsey top to bottom but i don't respect. What he just said right there. I actually think it's corny as hell, if you ask my opinion. (laughs) Because when you look at four four of their five losses right now against the Lions, the Eagles, the Broncos, and the Buffalo Bills, that wide receiver group, those guys that he's talking about, that he's protecting – They played a major role in those losses happening. When you look at the drops, you look at the alignment error from Kadarius Toney, something that you're coached in Pee Wee football. You look at how guys haven't been able to protect the football when they actually do have it in their hands. All those things have hurt this football team. And Travis Kelsey leads them in receiving with 80 receptions right now um, with with over 800 and something yards. Mm -hmm. The next leading person with 59 catches, Rasheed Rice. He's been doing really well, uh, but everybody else, oof, man, it, it, it's been terrible, honestly. And the next person has twenty-five receptions. That's Kadarius Tony. But Kadarius Tony, even in that ball game. This weekend, he had a who you just drop in that game.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, But if did. you
2: just line up right, mm-hmm. or if you just catch the football, what mm-hmm. you're paid to do. <laughs> now, now, us in the media, <laughs> did, did, were we out there on the football field and made those guys drop those footballs or fumble <laughs> the footballs or line up right or right. line up wrong, I should say? Right. No. No. Yeah. But that that's part of my issue is that Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid, they keep protecting these guys in the media, it's okay to say, hey, we're working on it. But don't be blaming everybody else. Behind closed doors, I'm hoping they're holding these guys accountable for it. Because every teammate that I had, great teammate that I had, mm-hmm. they checked me or they talked to me about things. They didn't let, they let, they let it get swept under the rug.
3: It was the perfect thing for Travis Kelsey to say, and here's why. Because he told his wide receivers, we have a common enemy. And it's the media. They don't believe in you. They don't trust in you. They don't believe you're going to help us get to where we're used to being. That is playing for an AFC championship championship, and getting to the Super Bowl, which they have done five straight years going to an AFC championship game without playing one game on the road. Travis Kelsey, I've been a part of this game long before you were born, boss. I knew exactly what kind of banana-in-the-tailpipe situation you were trying to pull. (laughs) You wanted to make sure that even if you don't have faith in that group, even if you've lost a little bit of faith in them, if you don't trust that group, you're not going to be let it known, at least not publicly, maybe not even privately. So what's the best thing you can do? You go to the low-hanging fruit, known as people have nothing to do with receivers dropping the ball, Harry, because you're right. You, me, other people are not out there saying, psst, hey, Darius, drop the football. So you have something to talk about on Monday because we want to talk you. We weren't out there whispering in his ear so he could not line up onside or drop the football. Travis Kelsey find a, found a convenient, convenient foe for his team to rally around. Now, Patrick Mahomes. Th- and I,
2: I, I don't think it's cool though. I, 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 re- I, I really do I think it's corny. I, I think it's corny it. as hell.
3: I, it's corny as hell. It's bush league. It's whatever. But if it makes those receivers and allows them to play better this way, they can say, "Man, Travis always had our back." Yeah, he's hanging out with Taylor Swift, but man, he he believes in us. You're my boy, boo. You know, at least they can have that because they found a common enemy that's not on the football field because how many times harry have you seen this in nfl locker rooms or playing in the nfl now part of us when in doubt blame something that's not a part of your system blame something that's not the reason causing issues and the immediate answer always seems to be those media people dogging our guys Bleep them, you bums! Boo! Boo! Meanwhile, the receivers are going. Oh, thank God for Travis. We, we know he has our back. Let's not go out there and let him down anymore. It was convenient for Travis Kelsey to say that.
2: You know, what's crazy, Freddie. Like I'm like, where where is all this stuff when I was playing? But then again, I, I, but, I, but 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 then again, I think about how I'm also built. I don't want people making excuses for me. If I messed up, I want to be told. I want to be held Mm -hmm. accountable. That's just who I was, though.
3: Well, a lot of times in these modern times, and not just football, not just sports, how many times would people make excuses for somebody that they like? You could be the most heinous person on planet Earth, and somebody would say— He's not that bad. She's okay. Meanwhile, the facts and evidence will say, you shouldn't want to hang around this person. You shouldn't want this person in your football team. But if it's somebody that you like or can help you fulfill an agenda or get to a goal, you'll make a lot of excuses and do a lot of spin doctoring. This way that person doesn't think, well, everything's not my fault. They say so, so it must be true.
2: Man, we had a game, my last game in Atlanta in the regular season versus the Carolina Panthers, and whoever won that game was going to go to the, the uh, playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember they had a play for me, man, and it was open, and I tried to, you know, you know pity-pat my feet and got tackled, and I should have scored. Right. You won, man, Roddy White, as soon as we got to the sideline. Big bro literally told me, that was some bull, and you know the rest. Exactly. He was like, that was some bull. Mm-hmm. Exactly what he told me, man. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I felt that as his brother, as his teammate, like, damn. I just let them down because I should have scored, and we needed that score.
3: Well, if that's going to be not the case in terms of getting those guys right, it can't be about Travis Kelsey calling out the media. It's got to be Patrick Mahomes. I like the fact that he said he still has trust in his guys.
2: Once the game was over and you kind of got to sleep and came back on that Monday, Tuesday, I think everybody's mind was in the right spot. I mean, all the receivers, um, know I believe in them. That's just kind of how I roll. If you're in this locker room and I see how hard you work, I'm going to trust in you in the big moments and I'm going to give you chances to go out there and make plays. And uh, for everything I know, their mindset seems like it's uh, in a good spot and they just want to go out there and and continue to get better and better. I can see that by how hard they're working out here. Um, I feel like if we can just continue to push through the grind, um, that we'll end up uh, on the other side of it uh, as the season goes on.
3: You can trust dudes, but put your foot the box side when you need to. Yep. <laughs> Seriously. It's okay to do that. It's worth it to do that, especially when you've been a champion quarterback and you're not getting champion results or champion effort from wide receivers or guys catching the football not named Travis Kelsey. Just a thought. Just a thought. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us. and Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius X-Men Channel 80, and always you your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Let us know on Desperation Weekend in the NFL, who is the most desperate for a win or to play well this weekend? We want to hear from you at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who is the most desperate to win or play well this weekend on NFL Desperation Weekend? And we got two teams apart of Desperation Weekend, that we're going to learn a lot about. One is the Detroit Lions. The other is the AFC's version of the Detroit Lions. We'll tell you that team is next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN
0: app. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right
3: to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30%
0: at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve, it's only a tackle.
2: A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: The Freddie and Harry Podcast.
3: On this Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry, he is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80, and always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Twenty minutes away, give or take a lie. To
2: have us as many babies as minutes as we can afford. You gonna be okay? Love,
3: Love Friday for
2: me. You yeah, gonna be okay? Yeah. <laughs>
3: that's my jam right there Uh, you can never tell (laughs) (laughs) so so
2: no lie actually this song when my best friend got married yeah um a year ago i sung this at his wedding for him and his bride really yeah okay yeah man is there you know how you got to give those speeches oh yeah i was the best man so i had to give a speech Uh and i dedicated this song to them and i sung Uh it for them
3: is the video Oh it should be. Uh, well, you got to find that. I want to see yeah, it. I was this. Nah,
2: I was a little tipsy too.
3: I don't care. You know how they
2: say upside down cake?
3: Yeah, I bet you were.
2: Oh, I was upside down.
3: I bet your fingers were all in the cake. Sure was. Hey, yo! I bet your fingers were all in the cake as far (laughs) as that goes. We're going to get into the cake of the Philadelphia Eagles, no pause, and find if they can fix themselves after losing the last couple of games, especially when it's one particular area that they better fix or else that comes your way in about 15 minutes. But we're going to learn a lot about two teams, Harry. And I mentioned one of them. We talked about them. The Detroit Lions. All of a sudden, that Lions team that people are trying to put, and I was one of them, on that same line with the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, and the San Francisco 49ers. Well, lo and behold, they're nine and four, four and two at home. That's going to be a very nervous building in Detroit tomorrow when they take on the Denver Broncos at eight fifteen Eastern time. Part of three games on the NFL Network. Vikings and Bengals, that's the 1 o'clock game in Cincinnati. 4.30 Steelers at the coast in Indianapolis at 4.30, and then 8.15 Eastern Time, Broncos at the Lions. We're going to find a lot about that team. Four-and-a-half point favorite, but that's going to be a very nervous building based on how they played the last really four or five games, especially at the last week when they got the brakes beaten out of them by the the Chicago Bears.
2: And if I'm a Lions fan, the reason why I'm nervous is because the inability to take care of the football the last four weeks – when it has come to Jared Goff and also the Detroit Lions as a football team. And then when you're looking at who you're playing, you're playing the Devin Broncos, and part of why they went on that five-game win streak and part mm. of why they're, they've are they been doing so good of late is because of their ability to take away the football. And also, I think collectively as a team, this Devin Broncos unit, when you look at them from an offensive standpoint, defensive standpoint, or special mm. team standpoint, right. they have come together, right? And I mm. think Sean Payton and the marriage between him and Russell, Wilson, it has started to click. And those guys start to see eye to eye with one another. But the biggest thing of all is the inability of Detroit taking care of the football the last few weeks and the ability for the Denver Broncos defensively to take it away at a high rate during that win streak that they had.
3: Detroit has found out that it's one thing to be the hunter, but when you're the hunted and how you handle that will determine exactly what kind of team you believe you're going to be in 2023. We have not talked about the Detroit Lions being the hunted in the Super Bowl era ever. <laughs> there was no reason to talk about them when yep. they had Barry Sanders or even when they got to the playoffs. It was like, yeah, whatever. Nobody's ever talked about that team being are they that serious of a contender in the NFC? And that was the conversation. After the first ten or eleven weeks, how close are they to the three the triangle of the Cowboys, 49s, and the Eagles? Well right now they're still on the outside looking into that triangle because they have not handled being the hunted well you cannot go into a chicago building last week after you barely beat them the first time and allow them to manhandle you like that beat you at your own game by getting after your quarterback and then running the ball down your throat that was something that the detroit lions and dan campbell told us that's what we're going to do to teams and for the first 11 weeks that's what they did to teams and now all of a sudden they have not done it and you have to wonder exactly if they can find their way back to being that lions team that was talked about that way for the first 10, 11 weeks of the season.
2: Now, I said earlier in the show, you know, you know, I have me a little skull every now and then. I put me a little dip in. Dan Campbell put that damn dip in every day. And I can just imagine him right now before going to that team meeting, throwing two of them little dips in. Oh, he boy. probably don't even spit it out at this point in his life. Yeah. He probably swallows it with a Pepsi or something. Really? So, Dan, so Dan Campbell <laughs> letting his football team know that, hey, y'all, practice this week going to be brutal.
3: Yeah, he says he's going to be it, Mr. It, Irritable. It,
2: and it needs to be brutal mm-hmm. because the way they've played the last 4 weeks uh, honestly it, it has been inexcusable in my opinion to sh- have those two performances versus the Chicago Bears in which they should have lost the first one as well right. to get beat up and dominated on Thursday night football on Thanksgiving the way yeah. they did versus the Green Bay Packers. But to be right. up 21 nothing mm. versus the New Orleans Saints and allow them to come up. And if it wasn't for some miscues with their offensive system, the New Orleans that was, mm. they probably could have lost that one as well.
3: No doubt about that. It is desperation weekend in the NFL. Who's the most desperate for a win or the play well this weekend? We got the lines on our radar. What about you at Triple H, say ESPN, 888 3776 We want you to be heard on Freddie and, Fred and Harry on ESPN Radio. Desperation Weekend in the NFL. Who is the most desperate for a win or to play well at 888 3776 Jeff, in Virginia, my friend, who do you have and why?
1: Yeah, I uh, I think Detroit uh, is probably more desperate than any other team right now. Um, they started off so hot, they had that one road a bump in the road with my Ravens, mm-hmm. which uh, Lamar, he just kind of handled them. And I think other teams saw opportunity. Uh, Harry, as you know, teams get game film. They look at other other teams and how they were successful against them. No. And I think that's what some of the other NFL teams have done. They looked at you know what the holes are, uh, what the weaknesses are, and they're going after Detroit. And I think mm-hmm. Denver is just rolling right now. Yeah. And this is going to be very, very difficult for Detroit to get by that, get by that team. They better just, they just better be glad they're playing at home.
3: Hey Jeff, a little birdie told me you played football Louisville in the 1980s. How true is that?
1: Uh, absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, played for Howard Schnellenberger um, from 84 to 88. Okay. And, uh, he was probably one of the toughest coaches I've ever had to play for ever in my life. Uh, any of the buddy, any of my buddies out there that are listening to this, I'm pretty sure they could call in and and, and
2: verify that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so and Jeff, I,
2: I, Jeff, I have I'm, to ask you, man, I'm, from one Louisville alum there. to another one, because yes. I played for a ton of tough coaches in my career as well. But yeah. those tough coaches, I've learned so many lessons from them, and I find myself in my everyday life saying little things that those coaches along the way said to me and implemented in me, how did playing for Howard Schnellenberger help you in everyday life?
1: Uh, Patience, Uh, continuing to grind. Uh, The only variable is time. That was one of the things he used to say all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were on a collision course with, with destiny. Um, And I've just kind of applied those same principles in my life. You know, I'm, I'm a, a cancer survivor. I'm still battling cancer. Uh, had a lot of adversities. I was probably, you know, one of the more athletic guys at Louisville. I played five different positions, but got hurt. And, uh, you know, major knee injury kind of helped, uh, prevented me from being able to extend my football career. Uh, but having to go through all those different adversities while playing there has allowed me to get through the adversities I have later in life. Wow. So uh, I don't take anything for granted and uh, really appreciate the opportunity to, to have played there and played for, you know, such a,
2: um, you know stellar coach wow. Jeff I'm gonna be praying for you man and, and, and we're rooting for you no doubt. thank you for sharing your story I think it's absolutely. important and it and it can it can help other people as well too absolutely wow. oh absolutely absolutely yeah wow
3: man that's that's tremendous the fact that you always have that in your mind about certain coaches that you have that always have an influence for you at Louisville. I'm sure you have plenty of coaches throughout your life well, to be with Paul,
2: Paul Paul Petrino, my wide receiver coach, he was mm-hmm. my offensive coordinator, Bobby Petrino's little brother. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, the principles and the things that he instilled, instilled in me, one, one that sticks with me, there's no gray area. Uh-huh. Either you get better or you get worse. It's there's no in-between. It was black or white with the, him. Yeah. There's no, there's no in-between. Either you're better than you were right. previously or you're getting worse than you were previously. Mm-hmm. And I remember, man... Uh, seeing how he was with his wife as well, and I had a father. My father, um, Harry Douglas III, he showed gave me a great example of how to treat a woman. But my 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 receiver coach, man, I always watched him with Maya Petrino and the way okay. he was with her. Why? And wow. that because he was always so gentle. He was tough with us, but as soon as he got around his wife, he was always so gentle and so patient. Mm. You know what I mean? So seeing that along with seeing that growing up with my father, it helped me in my marriage, you know, with my wife.
3: That's tremendous. By the way, keep waiting in. Triple A say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six 729 It's Desperation Weekend in the NFL. Who is the most desperate for a win or to play well this week? And I'll give you a team like the Detroit Lions that's in the same boat, but in the AFC will do that in about five minutes. But Jerry in Minnesota, who is that team on Desperation Weekend in the NFL that is the most desperate for a win or to play well and why, Jerry?
0: Love your guys show it. Definitely, is a bright spot in my day. Thank you. Brad. Uh, I, I want to throw my uh, I want to throw a hat in the ring here for the Vikings for two reasons. One is that you know this season is going to be for nothing if they end up not making the playoffs, and and uh, that that affects a lot of people's careers. But the second reason is JJ Justin Jefferson. I feel like if JJ doesn't see a path forward, you know, it wasn't that many years ago. Stefan Diggs didn't see a path forward at the Vikings organization, demanded to be out. And, uh, you know, they accommodated him, and I'd hate to see that happen with J.J. if we don't put, keep a winning franchise together and, and show him there's a path forward to winning, too. But I think there's two two reasons. One, making the playoffs. The other one's keeping J.J. happy, to, to be blunt about it.
2: Yeah, that's a great point that that's ain't brought it, up. You ain't lying. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think with Justin Jefferson... I think him and Kirk Cousins are attached to the hip as well because he mm-hmm. has that great relationship with Kirk Cousins. So what are they going to do with Kirk Cousins moving forward? Also, when you look at the schedule right now of the Minnesota Vikings, if they can win out, guess what? They're going to win the NFC North because they were on the tiebreaker over the Detroit Lions because they would have beat them twice.
3: But to Jerry's point, if you're Justin Jefferson, you don't want to just make the playoffs and feel good that you're being there. Yeah, And especially if he, if he has, like Jerry said, if he looks around and says, man, we made the playoffs and people are just thrilled by that, I'm not just here to just make the playoffs. I'm here to win Super Bowls or at least compete for Super Bowls or be in the conversation to compete for Super Bowls. That's going to be interesting because he's about to catch pass from Nick Mullins because they moved Joshua Dobbs to QB3. Nick Mullins gets to start this weekend for the Minnesota Vikings against Cincinnati Bengals. And Jaron Hall, the rookie quarterback, is the second-string quarterback. Don't think for one second. Justin Jefferson's thinking, hmm. This better, not be for, this better not be my future for me, or I'm going to find my future playing somewhere else for somebody else.
2: Freddie, when you're playing with those second and third string quarterbacks, you uh, know what you're saying to yourself as a receiver going oh, into that game? Oh, Lord. I know he's going to lead me out to dry. I might as well catch it anyway.
3: Because in practice you can do that because they're not hitting.
2: <laughs> I know he's going to get me kicked. Like Justin Jefferson got hit really hard this past game. Yes, he did. Hey, I might as well catch it anyway. Yeah,
3: he was looking whistly.
2: Where's Kirk? <laughs> Where's Captain Kirk?
3: Keep weighing in. Join the conversation. Can you save me,
2: Captain Kirk?
3: <laughs> yeah, believe me, he needs love Saturday as opposed to love Friday when it comes <laughs> to Justin Jefferson from his quarterback. Keep weighing in in the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call line, 888 3776 Desperation weekend in the NFL. Who is the most desperate for a winner to play well this weekend? We named the Lions. I'm also going to name the Eagles and why? And this AFC team that's just like the Detroit Lions. 888-729-3776. Your calls are next. on am Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio.
0: Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations,
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
0: Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com/slash AI for all. The Freddie
1: and Harry Podcast. Love Friday.
3: He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on the Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry. And who gets that love from you? At Sirius XM Channel 80, and also telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio on this desperation weekend in the NFL. Who is the most desperate for a win or to play well this weekend? We can't wait to hear from you at 888-729-3776. We mentioned the Detroit Lions. I'm going to mention Team Harry that's like the Detroit Lions in AFC. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh. All of a sudden, now people starting to look at them and say, "I don't Ooh. know, I don't know." They got a tough one this weekend. It is not going to be an easy game for Jacksonville when they're playing at home versus the Baltimore Ravens. Sunday Night Football, eight twenty in NBC. If you think you are a big dog that you can run with them, or you're going to have to stay on the porch, they could be the AFC version Harry of the Detroit Lions. We're going to find out a lot about that football team. They got to get one of these. At home against a team that is playing for a number one seed in the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC.
2: And the question that I have for the Jacksonville Jaguars is the moment too big for them. Because Mm, that's going to be on Sunday Night Football where everyone is going to be watching. You're the only game on. The lights are going to be bright. You're going against Lamar Jackson, who's won an MVP. You're going against the best team in the AFC Conference at the moment, right? right. Mm-hmm. So when when I look at other big games, I look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Pissed down their leg. Mama was too big for them. When I look <laughs> at the game versus the San Francisco 49ers, right? Remember you know when they played San Fran? They had won five in a row. Mm-hmm. And everybody was in, any they were coming off a of bye week as well. Right. San Fran had, I believe, lost three in a row. And they were trying to get things back going. Absolutely. And the San Francisco 49ers thumped them. Trevor Lawrence didn't play well in that game, and Mm -hmm. no one for the Jacksonville Jaguars played well. But this team is on a two-game losing streak. They lost to Cincinnati two weeks ago in overtime. Uh, They also lost to the Cleveland Browns this past weekend by four. They got to get things back rolling. And what better setting to do that than versus the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday Night Football.
3: And I'll put the Philadelphia Eagles in that category. That game Monday night in Seattle against the Seahawks at 820 Eastern time in ESPN ABC to what you just said. Two-game losing streak and the way they lost got the brakes beaten off of them by the San Francisco forty nines and then got the blood beaten out of them by the Dallas Cowboys. And I guarantee you, they did not think they were going to lose the Dallas Cowboys. And if they did, it was not going to be like that, where even the Cowboys left points on the field. That could have been a 45-13 game in favor of the Dallas Cowboys. And their only offensive touchdown didn't happen. It was the defense that scored that touchdown for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll put them in that desperation category, especially playing the Seattle team, that they've lost nine out of the last ten meetings to over the history of that two games in the history of games between both of those two teams. I'll put the Eagles in that category as well. Well,
2: this is a, this is going to be a bit tough one for the Eagles because mm-hmm. that defensive line of their of their defense they have to show up right. because Geno Smith throwing the football to DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Tyler Lockett things could get ser- scary. We've seen what those guys were able to do to the Dallas Cowboys right. on the brightest stage on a Thursday night football game. So if they're they are able to get home to sack Geno Smith, it could be a long night for them. In Jacksonville, you're coming off two games in which you lost a two backup quarterback. Think about that. That's right. Yeah. And you want to be considered as one of the top teams in the AFC. You lost to the Cincinnati Bengals.
3: With Jake Browning.
2: With Jake Browning. You lost to my boy Joe Flacco, class of 2008, (laughs) drafting wise. My boy was on the bench, uh, at home on the couch, dipping. <laughs> Got a call from Kevin Stefanski and went out there and gave their ass 311 passing yards in <laughs> a win and three touchdowns. Think about that.
3: Uh, uh, believe me, I'm sure Jackson was thought a lot about what Man. you just said, losing to Joe Flacco. Zach in Pennsylvania, he wants to weigh in on a desperation weekend. Zach at Triple espn 888 729 3776 Who was most desperate for a win or to play well this weekend and why? Right now,
0: I believe the Dolphins – Need a uh, need a win against the Jets. They have a tough they have a tough schedule the remaining of the year with the Ravens, the Cowboys, and then ending up with the Bills. Um, with with that loss at Tennessee, you know it, it's tough right now with the Bills looking good against the Chiefs. So you know, <clears throat> plus them losing their center mm-hmm. and with Tyreek being questionable this week, it's a must win for them because they have three hard opponents at the end of this year.
2: Yep, uh, they're going to be missing I know for sure two offensive linemen, could be three, Could be one against that defensive line of the New York Jets, it's one team that you probably don't want to play right now if mm. you're missing offensive linemen, and it could get ugly so this is a game for the Miami Dolphins that they need to win, but it won't be easy
3: By the way, that's part of a football doubleheader on ESPN Radio this Sunday at noon Eastern time Harry Douglas and Steve Levy they'll have the call of game one of that as the Miami Dolphins host the New York Jets after that the San Francisco 49s at the Arizona Cardinals, like we mentioned, coverage begin at noon Eastern time on select ESPN radio stations. So keep weighing in. It's Desperation Weekend in the NFL. Do that on Twitter at HDouglas83 and at Coleman ESPN and on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-729-3776. Who is the most desperate for a win or to play well this weekend and why 888-729-3776? And can we apply that to the Cowboys and or the Bills? That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio.